Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for Parents' Ears Only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, the topic is working from home with kids. And you just might hear my kids all around me. I have four kids at home right now and my husband is keeping an eye on my two youngest, but they are just one floor above me and I'm hearing footsteps and little voices. And so this is kind of a reality podcast where you're hearing exactly what I'm talking about happening happening all around me. So this is the topic. And of course, it's very pressing right now because of what we're all dealing with, with the school closures and parents who are working from home because schools are closed, some childcare centers are closed, people are closing businesses, and some people are out of work. Uh, But for some of us who are very, very lucky, and I completely acknowledge that both my husband and I are very fortunate that we can work from home, we're realizing that this is a really tough endeavor. And something that is new, I'm used to juggling kids and work. I've done it basically since I became a parent. I've always had some type of a side hustle or a job of some sort. Um, But this is different because of the intensity, because of the fact that there's never a break in the day that the kids are home. And not only are they home, but I'm also in charge of their schooling at the same time that I am uh, trying to do some work and my husband is trying to do some work. So I have um, set apart uh, some suggestions today, set aside some suggestions. Some are suggestions that I am making because I have been employing these strategies in my own home. And some are suggestions that I've gathered from a handful of folks out there who are also challenged right now with trying to get work done while kids are home full time. So my first suggestion is kind of the obvious one. If you do have another parent, a spouse, or partner at home, is to tag team with this other parenting partner to divide up the day, to look at the schedule for the day, the routine for the day, and what everybody's needs are, and then to kind of tag team with the other parent in terms of who can kind of take charge of the kids during each portion of the day. So my husband and I have been doing this from the very beginning. I have the most flexibility and the least demands on my work in terms of uh, the amount of time I need to spend working every day. But I definitely have times during the day when I have um, Zoom calls with my parent coach clients, or I have a podcast to record, or I need to send some emails or do some writing on a blog, or I have a lot of other things related to my 3D parent business that are going on. So my husband and I have kind of had an opportunity to chat and I kind of agree upon certain sections of the day that he can be in charge of the activities um, for the younger kids while I can focus on work without having to do both at the same time. 
So I definitely suggest communicating with your partner, if at all possible, and to divide up the day and find times when you can cover the other person, particularly, of course, when you're dealing with conference calls, Zoom meetings, and phone calls with different clients and other people you may be working with. My next suggestion is to work off hours. This is painful, but the reality is that kids, particularly right now, not being in the typical school schedule, you may be able to take advantage of some kids sleeping in a little later than normal, which means that you have some early morning hours that are kid-free where you could really, really dig in and focus on getting some things accomplished work-wise. It may not work in terms of your meetings, but it might work great in terms of catching up on emails or other forms of work that can be accomplished in those early morning hours. Similarly, you might want to look at the evening hours once the kids are in bed where you can use those times when the kids are asleep or head in that direction to get some more work done in the evening hours. So that is kind of some basic suggestions right off the bat. Now for kind of some more creative ideas in terms of how to manage working from home while kids are home. Well, if you have little kids, they need a lot of supervision. And I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And yes, they can play independently from time to time, but they really, really do require a lot of supervision and a lot of direction in terms of what to do during the day. So again, because my husband and I are both working from home and we've been able to tag team, that's worked out pretty well. But I also am cognizant that there are parents who uh, maybe one of the spouses is a uh, necessary worker and is going to work maybe in the medical field. They're an essential worker. They're in working in groceries or some other form of work where they are required to report into their workplaces. In those cases, you might have one spouse at home who, or parent who's at home who is taking care of the kids while also trying to do their work. And there isn't another person there. Also, similarly, there are single parents who don't have a parent partner to be able to divide up the day with and tag team. In those cases, I suggest booking FaceTime or Zoom calls or phone calls with friends or relatives who can basically plan to have a chunk of time when they can entertain your child while you might need to get some work done or have a conference call where you can get maybe grandma to get on Zoom call or a phone call with your child and, you know, sing songs, read a book, play peekaboo, maybe make a sock puppet and entertain your child, whatever might be necessary to kind of catch your child's attention and hold their attention long enough for you to get some work done or have a work call or something of that nature. If you don't have a family member or you're kind of feeling like you're asking the same people again and again, you also could consider asking a babysitter or nanny to do the same thing and you could pay them. I happen to know of a nanny currently who is offering, in this case, this particular nanny has stepped it up and is offering princess pop-in calls where they're dressed as a favorite uh, character. Disney doesn't allow the use of the actual names. So um, this nanny is dressing up as the winter princess, AKA Elsa, uh, Rapunzel, and also a mermaid princess, AKA Ariel. And um, this nanny dresses up in character and talks and reads stories and sings some songs. This nanny also happens to be a uh, performing artist. So because there's not any gigs right now available 
available to performing artists or to most nannies and babysitters, this is a way that this um, nanny is making an income, some income. And I'm going to put a link uh, specifically to Sam the nanny is the name of this particular person. So that if this interests you, you could maybe book some time with Sam and have your child have a little um entertainment. But besides this particular nanny who's offering this kind of stepped up service in terms of dressing up in character, there are definitely other babysitters and nannies out there that if you reach out to your different networks, I'm sure be willing to book some time to entertain your child and do some interactive activities with your child via Skype or Zoom or FaceTime or a phone call. So reach out and get creative and see if you might be able to pay someone, you know, $10 to spend some time with your child online and keep their focus so you can get some work done. Um, another idea, I've been mentioning a lot, conference calls, because of course, that's how so many of us are operating right now, Zoom calls and um, FaceTime and also team meetings on Microsoft. And in those cases, when you have kids at home, if you're not already aware, please take advantage of the mute button. The mute button is your friend. You should only be unmuted if you actually have to say something. That way it takes the pressure off. If there's all those noises and kid sounds going on in the background, if somebody pops into your room and uh, says something when your children in the middle of a meeting, you can rest assured that the whole entire team is not hearing what your child is saying. I have a funny story there. Uh, my husband recently did not have his mute button pushed down and my youngest had a little accident and uh, she was downstairs in the basement and my uh, next oldest child came running in to the room. My husband was is and announced loudly, you know, repeat on the couch. <laughs> and everybody that my husband was speaking to on that conference call got to hear the awesome announcement of the accident that my youngest had just had. Of course, everybody thought it was hilarious. Everybody's in the same boat. But had my husband had the mute button push at that time, it may have been kept a secret and may have not been something that needed to be shared with everybody in the conference room. Another idea I have, and this one is actually from Tara Counterman. She's actually part of Profitable Podcasts, who uh, produces my podcast. And she is, this is second nature to her. She has been running a business while having young kids at home for years. And she actually contributed an idea to me which was something that she has used, particularly with having little kids at home, and that was to rotate toys. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Now, it is a known fact that oftentimes your kids may have a room full of toys and they don't touch them. And I often have suggested to parents that they need to cut down on the amount of clutter and the amount of toys that are available to their children. Sometimes too much becomes overwhelming and children are paralyzed by an abundance of choice. And what could kind of engage kids in terms of wanting to actually play with their toys is to have less options because then it becomes easier to know what to play with. Well, Tara has a similar concept here where she took the toys that she had in her toy room and she sorted them into different groups and put them into to um, different tote bags and set them aside. And then she would break out different themed toys, different types of toys ever so often. So they became novel and new. And then um, when she broke out some new toys, she would put some of the toys that she had out that the kids had been playing with away. And she could kind of rotate toys every few days. And because they were novel and new and things that the kids had not played with recently, 
they were engaged, they were interested, more willing to play with toys than they would be if you just put them in a playroom that had every toy that you owned available to them. So go through, cull through your toys, put away lots of what you see and group them by theme and type of toy and then have another rotation come in every so often so that your kids can be engaged because of the novelty of toys that you already own. No need to order more toys. Just rotate the toys that you already have. So that was a great idea. Thank you to Tara for that. If you have uh, pretty young children, kids that you have to keep your eyes on a lot, and you're trying to get some work done, it's really hard, obviously, to get them to play and to be able to go into another room. You need to have them playing around you so you can keep an eye on them. But at the same time, you're trying to maybe get some work done on your computer or uh, some emails. So how do you get them to play independently while you're right there in the same room? I would say that for sure, sensory activities are the way to go. Sensory activities are the kind of what interests youngest kids the most. And it's kind of hard to get a child away from being, having a fun time playing with things like kinetic sand, uh, Play-Doh. You can mix cornstarch and water or add color to it if you want to make oobleck. Play-Doh, of course, I think I said already, but you could make your own homemade Play-Doh. I have my very favorite recipe I've made forever, and I'll put that in my show notes. If you don't have Play-Doh readily available, chances are you have things that you need to make them. Make fresh Play-Doh. It's always the best. It's so soft, and you can even add scent to it. You could do different colors, and um, fresh Play-Doh is always a huge hit for my kids. Water play. If you have a sensory table, you can fill it with water or you can get a plastic tub, put it on the floor on some towels, fill it with some soapy water and get out Barbie dolls or plastic dolls or bath toys and let kids play with them. Get out maybe some sponges or washcloths to play with it. You can also take a sensory table like a water table and fill it with dried materials instead of water like lentils or beans or rice. Maybe you are one of those hoarding impulse buyers right at the start of the quarantine and you have more lentils or beans or rice than you could ever eat in your entire life, well, maybe turn some of those impulse buys uh, into part of a sensory table. And if you don't have a table, no need to get one. You could just fill up like your largest plastic container, these types of materials, and then throw some toys in there. Let your kids dig and play. It's really fun when they can get their hands in some sensory interesting uh, materials. Uh, screen time, obviously no brainer. A lot of us have our kids on screens a lot. My suggestion is to save screen time for when you really need it, as opposed to just having it be the go-to all the time. And this is not to guilt anyone who is having their kids use a lot of screen time right now. These are not normal circumstances. A lot of us are allowing our children to have more time on screens than we typically would. However, if you're always having your kids on screens, it loses its novelty and it doesn't grab their interest. My suggestion is that you save it for times when you really need it. And those times, of course, are when you've got a deadline, you've got a lot of work to get accomplished, you've got that conference call or that work, that Zoom meeting that you need to attend to. So now is a good time to plug your child into a screen activity and make it a special event because you're not providing it all the time. It feels special. It feels novel. Maybe make a, you know, a bowl of popcorn if your kids are old enough to have popcorn or some other special treat that they can have because you're watching a TV program or doing some type of an activity on a screen. And, you know, give yourself a break. Know that your kids are maybe on screens more often than you'd ideally like, but when there's so many things that are not available right now, that might just have to be something that you are okay with and you can dial back on the screen time once things return more to normal. Another suggestion, my favorite 
material for kids to play with that's open-ended is always cardboard boxes. And I know with many of us placing lots of online orders right now um, so that we can stay home on our stay-at-home orders, um, we often have a lot of cardboard boxes. Save them. Do not go immediately and recycle them and throw them into the cycle bin. Save them. They can become forts. They can become cars. They can become planes. You could flatten them down and you can draw roadways on them. You can let kids paint them. There can be so many different things you can do with cardboard boxes that can take kids, can really entertain kids for a long time. If your kids are a little older, if they do not need constant supervision and you need to have some quiet time to work or again to take a Zoom call or meeting, I suggest having a conversation with your kids and setting a clear boundary with them that is communicated through something that they can see, something physical like a sign on the door. You're not going to want to do this first thing out of the gate. You obviously want to spend some time with your kids, connecting with them, getting them going on some activities, setting some expectations. And then if you need to steal away for maybe 30 minutes, more than 30 minutes might be a big ask, particularly if your kids are on the younger side. Even if your kids are elementary school age or middle school age or high school age, it's helpful to have some form of communication so that your children don't just go busting in through the door when you're trying to get some solid work done. So you can create your own signs, but there is a woman, her name is Frankie, and she owns Fab Consulting, and she created these signs that are free and downloadable on Teachers Pay Teachers website, and I think they're fabulous. I reached out to her, told her that I thought that they were great, and I printed off some rather than make my own, and she's made stop and go signs, a mommy version and a daddy version for both the stop on the go signs, and I love it. Let me just read you off what says on the stop sign. It's red. It says stop and there's a photo of a red stoplight at the bottom of it and it says stop. Mommy is working. One, you may ask a sibling for help. Two, you can pause what you're working on and try a different problem, spell a new word, try a different game. Three, write mommy a note so she knows what you need help with. So I love this because it's not just stop, don't come in, but also provide suggestions for other things the child can do while the parent is not available. And then there's go signs that she's made as well. If it's like the door is closed, I'm trying to get some work done, but you're welcome to enter if needed. So I'm going to put a link for that as well in my show notes. So if you want to go to the website where she has those downloadable for free, you can do so and you can print them out and have them ready to go on the door where you may be working in the future. My next suggestion, if you do have kids a range of ages, I do. I have from 15 all the way down to five. Absolutely have the older kids from time to time play with the younger kids. Now, during the school week, my kids have a lot of homework to do. They're really busy during the day. So there's not a lot of opportunities where my older kids would be able to watch their kids when they're not working on their own homework. But in the afternoons, the evenings, and definitely on the weekends, there have been times my husband and I have had the older kids play with the younger kids so we can get some work done. We can get some focused time to either do what we need to do in terms of self-care, take a walk, get outside a little bit, um, just have a little break, just the two of us or just individually, or again, so we can get some work done. So definitely have the older kids play or engage with the younger kids from time to time as a strategy to try and get some work done. And I want to finish today by reading something that really, really struck me. And it's called a public service announcement. And it was written by Dr. Emily King from Parenting on Your Own Path. And here's what she says. Parents, what we are being asked to do is not humanly possible. 
There is a reason we are either a working parent, a stay-at-home parent, or a part-time working parent. Working, parenting, and teaching are three different jobs that cannot be done at the same time. It's not hard because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because it's too much. Do the best you can. When you have to pick, because at some point you will, choose connection. Pick playing a game over arguing about an academic assignment. Pick teaching your child to do laundry rather than feeling frustrated that they aren't helping. Pick laughing and snuggling and reminding them that they are safe. If you are stressed, lower your expectations where you can and virtually reach out for social connection. We are in this together to stay well. That means mentally well too. And I just loved that uh, message from Dr. Emily King because I think it, it so resonated with what so many of us are feeling, the sense of constant overwhelm, but just how are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to work and parent and be teachers to our children at the same time? I already did a podcast topic about homeschooling and how to set that up for success. If we were doing that just in and of itself, that would be a huge, tremendous challenge if we were new to homeschooling. But for those of us who are trying to manage that as well as full or part-time careers, we're being asked to take on something that is basically impossible. So again, we have to do our best. Just today, this morning, things were going down the wrong path. It's a Friday. It's been a long week. We've been managing the schooling with our four kids, our working, and our parenting. And this morning, things went sideways really early with my younger kids. And you know what we did? We marked that we were absent and not attending school today. I emailed my uh, first grade daughter's teacher and said, we had to make a different choice today. Schooling was just not going to happen without a battle, and I was not willing to have a battle. And I heard back almost immediately from my daughter's teacher saying, absolutely, you need to do what you need to do, and she completely supported. And it was great because we had a really fun day. We did some play. The kids were engaged in different activities. Last time I saw them, they were writing notes to their friends in front of a fireplace place with stickers. Hey, that's still technically learning, right? They're writing letters. But at the same time, it didn't have to be a battle. It didn't have to be a struggle. I had a lot of work to get done today. I was meeting with clients. I'm recording podcasts. Um, my husband had a ton of work to do today. So we just kind of decided to make a choice today. And today it wasn't school. Today we set aside, listen to my own advice, and we set aside the school routine. We'll get back to it on Monday. But today it wasn't supposed to happen. And it was the best decision we could have made for our family. So keep that in mind. Sometimes you do have to choose. Choose connection. Choose what's going to help you stay deeply connected to your family. Thanks so much for listening and good luck with this. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one -on -one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.